Introducing on Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. Pew, 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 pew. Because Jade normally does the soundboard, so. I'll you hear it? it? I don't know. I'm playing it through this. <laughs> there you the go. The most getaway that possible, works. right? There you go. Just, <laughs> something like that. Starting at center from UNT, live from the uh, Name to Be Determined studio, it's Jay Bunny. What's up? What's up? What's up? Still getting it together. Still getting it together. <laughs> Mars in retrograde. I'm a, I'm a student of uh, astrology now, y'all. So getting from it together. The, from the Get Metro PCS studio. Hey, <laughs> right. starting at small forward from St. Louis University, a bachelor boy, aka Andrew the Goon Bennett. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Billies. Do you guys ever wonder what Lego set Miles Turner is working on right now? <laughs> Why do you your, your guess is as good as mine? This I find is myself post intro conversation. We haven't let's get through the intro. <laughs> Starting at point guard for UT Arlington, your host with the most, it's Ben Seibel. Finally, <laughs> at shooting guard, our guest coming back for a three peat Mavs Twitter legend, it's Lauren Gunn. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right. Shooting guard, Lauren Gunn, get it? Man. Mm, too on good. Point. On point, Ben. You guys were ready. It had to be. It had to be shooting guard. The gunslinger. Mm-hmm. So, we are in the trenches of the offseason. So deep into it. There's not a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. But I, we still wanted to pick your brain, kind of get, get the pulse of where you're at um, with the Mavs and um, just uh, – how you how you feeling about the team with the moves we've made slash not made or couldn't weren't aren't able to make um just kind of <laughs> um what 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 is your overall like grade so far let's just start there like with what we've done so far what, what would be your grade we did a grade oh, last Lord. week or last time we were on for a map spot we're curious on what okay <clears throat> so on what they've done this off season yeah, I think you could give them. I think I think it's a hot take. I think you could give them like a B plus if you're taking into consideration what they failed to do. All of that into consideration, I think all of that you have to net at like a C minus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But go like I mean, before the Jalen Brunson debacle and great and granted that was the biggest thing that happened by far. Going into it, getting Christian Wood, that trade was a slam dunk. Everybody was like, look at the Mavs. That was a move that like might not have done last year with under a different regime. Oh my God. Traded back into the draft. Got a guy that was, you know, high ceiling, high potential, interesting pick or solid pick, I think was widely praised. So what they've done, I think has been solid and I don't think they're done, but when you take into consideration the lack of, I guess, proactiveness kind of leaves a sour taste in everyone's mouth. And so you can't, you can't ignore that. And so I think everything taken into consideration before the off season and how it's translated to now C minus. Okay. Wow. I usually, usually look at you as a pretty rosy picture, but I, I, I think we gave our grades been maybe a month ago mm-hmm. and we were all floating around that B minus C plus, yeah. you know, area just because it, it really hurts when your GM has to be like, 
Tim Hardaway's coming back. That's like a free agent, guys. Oh, that's a man. that's a free agent. I guys, don't that's a... <laughs> take a drink every time somebody says Tim Hardaway's a free agent. Oh yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems like there have been multiple occasions where it's like we brought somebody, even with Porzingis. Oh, we brought him back. That was our or not brought him back, but at the time when we traded for him and then it signed him to that extension, mm-hmm. that very significant extension. Um it was, oh, that was our big move. And you just, that doesn't, you can't feed that line. You just can't. And so, mm-mm, doesn't work for me. Might work for some, doesn't work for me. Like all the people saying like, oh, well, Tim, Tim Hardaway is going to be back. So it's kind of like we got, it's like we got a new roster, you know. Like, oh, no, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for Tim to come back. And I do think that his production and what he brought to the table, just in terms of being able to heat up quickly uh, and put just put points on the board that it has been missed and we will need that but as far as like oh we are i don't know i just don't think it's it's just not significant enough to he the doesn't extent make the us a teams. title contender in your no. in your eyes you no just... and i i do i there are so many guys on this team that i mean i i i do i i love their game and i can see what they bring to the table but you just you can't expect you can't certainly can't expect to get where you got last year given I mean I think bringing in Christian Wood bringing in Jaden Hardy bringing in even JaVale McGee who's going to change the functionality of this team and then losing Jalen Brunson I do think overall you kind of net pretty close to zero Mm -hmm. but given Denver coming back and the signings that they've made giving the Clippers coming back I mean I'm sure Mm -hmm. you guys have talked about it there have there hasn't been nearly enough um improvement to like at this point you're just banking banking on this organic internal development and that's great but sometimes that's just that's just not enough so so we'll have to see but I am very interested to see how the first couple games go what the rotation looks like and and kind of what groups are running who's running with who because I think that's definitely going to change a lot uh, in the first couple of even months maybe yeah does JaVale McGee actually start (laughs) well I think (laughs) they might I mean, he, he might. might. I honestly think it's kind of a situational thing. I, I, I would not be surprised at all. It's the type of thing that I need to wait until camp and all of that to kind of hear what's going on, who's running with who. You'll, it'll be like those videos will be coming out, and you'll be seeing who's wearing what jersey, and you can tell who the current starting lineup is. Um, so I kind of just want to see those things and then see what they're saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if he started on night one. I'd be very surprised if he started all eighty-two games if he's healthy. Like I just don't see that happening. But he can prove me wrong. I'd love for him to prove me wrong. Yeah, if he's still starting on the 82nd game, that means Christian Wood kind of fell short of what we thought he could be maybe, and he just became like that off-the-bench guy instead of, you know, we want him to be like the second-best player or like, right. you know, the second offensive option. I think um, the the two curious – like with the absence of Brunson – Obviously, the Mavs is gonna. The Mavs are trying to fill his um, production in aggregate with with a lot of different players. Maybe doing different things. Maybe mm-hmm. um, now that he's not here, um, I think the two most curious cases are going to be Dinwiddie and 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 Wood. In the sense of like, those two guys are going to have more room to breathe, more room to kind of explore their games. And maybe Mm -hmm. uh, Luca can set up Christian Wood a lot better for the pick and roll, which I think I'm really excited to see what looks like there. And then Dinwiddie can be kind of 
maybe the second or third best player if he really, you know, gets that consistency that, frankly, Tim Hardaway could never get. So, um, what do what do you think about those two? Because I think those Mm -hmm. as yes, the Brunson losing Brunson hurts, and no disputing that he he did a lot for the team in the playoffs and in mostly in the Utah run. But I think the the ones that kind of excelled. Like did I think Dinwiddie's production or his contributions kind of get overlooked mm-hmm. um, in in the light of him you know, Brunson leaving? So where where do you think you know Dinwiddie and, and and Wood kind of fit into this as far as like trying to support Luca? Yeah, I mean, so personally, whether <laughs> McGee is starting or they end up rolling with Wood at the five, Dorian at the four, whatever the case may be. I do think he's going to have a solid season because he's playing in a contract year and because he's going to get a ton of open looks. Like there's going to be so much attention on Luca. And especially if he's rim run or he's playing next to JaVel McGee and JaVel McGee is rolling to the rim and people are so distracted on, Oh, how do we stop a seven foot roll man with somebody who's as solid in the pick and roll as Luca? What do we do with that? And then you completely forget our, about Christian Wood, who's sitting on the three-point line wide open. Um, so that's like one scenario where I think he could really thrive in, whether he's playing next to McGee or if he's not, then you can still have him roll. And if that is clearly not something that he wants to be doing, maybe you have him pop, maybe you just kind of go the five out and just give him open looks. I think with Dinwiddie, as far as the consistency goes, um, he said that when he got here, they just asked him to just get in the paint, get in the paint, get in the paint and score. And lo and behold, he ends up being this like pretty solid three-point shooter in his time here in Dallas. And you have to assume that some of that is credited to the five-out system and and just moving the ball. Um, And so I think for him, I'm not going to be surprised if he kind of, I don't want to say follows the Jalen Brunson from kind of sixth man to, oh, you were the solidified starter secondary playmaker, but I would not be surprised to see that happen because he has the veteran experience. He showed that he could even play in a three guard lineup last year, which I did not expect to work uh, after the, I was so mad. I did not think that that would work uh, after the trade. So I think he's looking at this saying, Hey, okay, I'm making starter level money who they need a secondary ball handler in that starting lineup. Personally, there's a whole other separate conversation with Tim Hardaway Jr. His contract, whether he should be starting, what that means for his market value, blah, blah, blah. But specifically with Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he has the opportunity and he has the skill set to be a starter next to Luca. He can close games alongside Luca. He ha- again, he has the experience, he has the leadership, and they trust him enough to defer to him, especially to run the offense if need be. So I think for him, he'll be able to pick up the starting secondary playmaker role if that's the route they want to go. If they want to go back to just having Luca really being the only ball handler and have Tim in there somehow, maybe, and maybe it's, I mean, there's so many, in my brain, there's so many different starting lineups that they could go with. I could see them going, well, I don't want to say I could see them, but I think there is a world in which it's Luca, Tim, Reggie, Dorian, Christian Wood. And I think, do I think that that's the best starting lineup? No. But do I think that that's what you want to do to try and hike up Tim Hardaway Jr.'s value? I think that there's a world in which that happens, but I don't think that that's their best move. I think they need to be winning games. And so then you've got Tim on the bench. And then how does that affect your guard depth? Because who's running that second unit that puts Mm -hmm. you in a hole, maybe whoever fills that last roster spot. But right now you have too many questions on, you need a secondary playmaker in the starting lineup, but who's going to be there on the second unit. And what does that mean for Tim Hardaway Jr.? So 
all in all, I think the opportunity is there for both Wood and Dinwiddie. And I do anticipate both of them having solid years and stepping up to that plate. Tim, I do have questions about, but um, I still do you, do you still see, do you see do you see Tim having the most value in the starting lineup or being able or for the Mavericks to be able to jack up his value? Yes, I I view I've I've always viewed him as like he is he has the potential to be a perennial six man of the year candidate like okay. every year next to Luca coming off the sure. bench, which maybe doesn't like get you a 20 plus million dollar contract, but right. it gets you a contract. I mean, sure. you're going to make, so I guess, yeah, it's, it's that split between. Yeah. Um, He's already gotten paid. He's already gotten the contract. I, I do think there should be something said about like upping his value. Just make reminding people that he can play basketball again after the sure. injury. Um, but if he I, scores, I if he scores 15 to 20 points a night off the bench or in the starting lineup, if he's, if he's scoring that, if he's, if he shows that he can produce regardless of whether he starts or whether he is the sixth man, isn't that value equivalent? Personally, I don't think so. I don't no. think that that's how, I think the league perception is if you're making 20 million and you're still not good enough to start, there's a problem. And I think that in the last couple of years, I don't want to say overpaying, but paying a significant amount of money to a offensive oriented shooter, primarily a shooter who can't necessarily create as much off the dribble that those guys making over $15 million has become a negative value asset. Guys like Duncan Robinson, guys like Kevin Herter was kind of in there. I don't think that was a negative value asset, but it was clear that, oh, if we're going to move off money, it's going to be him or Bogdan. And who are those guys? Mm -hmm. Well, Bogdan's two way, but that's besides the point. I think if you are starting and you are a solid team in the West and you're putting up 16, maybe 15, let's go 14 to 17 points. And you're in the starting lineup on a key team in the West. And it's very clear what your role is. I mean, think back to before he was a free agent, the year that they had, obviously wasn't as good as the year this last year, but going into it, there was talks of, oh, is Detroit going to steal him for 25 annually? Is Detroit going to come in here and steal him? That's crazy to think about now. You know what I mean? Him four for a hundred. Could you imagine? We were considered people. That was the question that people were asking. And so um, personally, I do think that there's a difference in just perception of starting versus coming off the bench. And if his contract, I mean, he's just on this new contract. And so getting him at that Jordan Clarkson type money off of the bench, I think would be perfect. That would be absolutely perfect, but that's just not the scenario that they find themselves in. Fortunately, his value or his, uh, his contract is declining. So that is beneficial in my opinion. Well, I think everyone would agree with that. Um, even though it might seem like a small detail, but in terms of hiking up his market value, I just don't know that with this current group, they're going to be able to do that because it just doesn't make the most sense with the starting lineup as of right now, in my opinion. Speaking of perception, um, we were kind of talking about it earlier. What do you say to those who, who feel like the whole Jalen Brunson debacle is like kind of like they're okay to see him go and, you know, they're claiming recency bias and, I will concede it doesn't feel like this reaction was the same when we, you know, didn't sign him again, when we didn't decide to pay him earlier. 
you know, like, like what, are you, what are your thoughts to those who claim like, okay, we'll just like, we're hyped on him now. It's okay to see him go. Like, that's a lot of money to pay him anyway. Like that's, it's a lot of bread for a guy who's like just now kind of jumping into this star discussion, you know, mm-hmm. do you, uh, do you agree with that? Or like, would you push mm-hmm. back on that? Or yeah, I would probably push back on that a good bit. Um, For me, seeing how that situation was going, I had a lot of confidence around the deadline that he was going to stay. Looking at how the season was going, I was like, I really don't see how he could leave. He, it's so clear how happy he is here. Um, Since the season has ended, obviously since he's left, I kind of heard some things that I was like, okay, maybe maybe it wasn't as rainbow and butterflies as I thought it was leading up to free agency. Vibes very Um, much not immaculate. Maybe not, maybe not quite that. And so I was a little surprised um but as far as being okay with him going um when it I want to say as free agency was coming and it was oh shoot there actually is a discussion he is actually making a choice it's not a done deal that he's back the thought of him leaving at all at that point I was like pay him whatever don't care I don't care what it is because if you lose him you're still in a position where like you're just losing a future trade asset. If you really are going to try to, because realistically, if they had kept Jalen Brunson, they really want to take the step forward. They were going to have to trade him and compile him with whatever other assets they end up doing down the line, whenever they try to make their next move. And now you don't have Jalen Brunson as a part of that equation, no matter what dollar figure he was at. And so forget the role, forget Spencer Dinwiddie stepping up, forget the Christian Wood trade. If you're looking at an asset management standpoint and a long-term planning standpoint, not having him as a part of that equation is a problem. Or even if you weren't going to include him in a trade and then you went out and traded for somebody else, well, you would have already had that position filled. So you could have narrowed your search or you could have been more selective. And so there are a million reasons why it's not great. And even if they had signed him to whatever the money had been, the full max per se, if they had done that, and it had gotten to a point where it was an overpay, it's still what he still would have been a productive starter. And he still would have been improving because everything since he's gotten to the league that they have asked him to improve upon, he's done that. And so there is no bright side to losing him. I don't think it's fine. I don't think it's okay personally. Um, But you can't sit around and cry all day. You got to move on and figure out what your next move is going to be. And there are plenty of those out there, even though people don't really think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we made some good moves. We made some good moves. I, I, I'm still optimistic. Yeah. Team. I'm, I'm proud of us getting some length and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about Dinwiddie, you know, I, I think for most of his career. And even when we were thinking about getting him like before mm-hmm. the Chris Stash trade and stuff, a lot of his hype was that he was like this great depth. He was this great support. You know, he was this great, you know, um, and, and he's been playing well recently too. I think there's a little bit of recency bias with him as well, but sure. now we're kind of, we're kind of doing the same. I'm not gonna say we're doing the same thing that we've been doing, but we're, we're kind of, you know, his role is going to be increasing. You know, we're going to be asking him to do a lot. And first, first healthy off season in a while. First mm. healthy off season. God. Good point. First Good healthy point. off season. <laughs> the, <laughs> Good point. Jay, the fans, I love that the fans who are like, uh, there's a lot of money for Bronson. It's fine that he's gone. Sounds like your buddy who just got dumped and is like, fine, I didn't need you anyways. I didn't, I didn't yeah. need you around anyways. <laughs> same I energy. Think, same yeah, energy. Yeah, it is the same, same energy. energy. <laughs> and like, and sure, you might not need them, but you're still hurting. You're yeah. still, you're still, in I, your heart hurts. Yeah. Like it, yes. Like he contributed a lot, but I think what fans are kind of struck by, like, we can't do anything 
without like there isn't any money that's left over from him not being here. I think that's kind of just messing with a lot of people with the idea of like, well, he's not here. We should be able to sign somebody like, no, like there's a lot of yeah. money we can't use on anybody. We're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what has people more mad. And I think you also uh, we, have we to kind accept, of touched on it last part. You also but, have to yeah. accept that we lost to the Knicks sort of. <laughs> and, and, and all of us, all of us are of a certain age to where, None of us remember Patrick Ewing. None of us mm-hmm. were alive to really like watch Patrick Ewing or John Starks. None of us were alive when, uh, when the Knicks were like the Knicks. alive for Lynn Sanity. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We were alive last, for the last Sanity. great Nick. That's the last time the Knicks uh, were good in my the life. The last Nick I liked. <laughs> the and mellow both. disrespect right now. Oh my yeah, no, lord. I know. The Stoudemire <laughs> disrespect. <laughs> he broke up Lynn Sanity. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't no. handle it. It's uh, <laughs> funny. Mm. Uh, I'm well, definitely gonna be petty this season, man. I'm rooting like I'm. I'm rooting against <laughs> the Knicks. I'm rooting. Like, I'm hoping. I mean, that... we weren't rooting against the Knicks already, but I think oh, like, no, this just I'm, takes it. Uh, it's rivalry. I'm rooting, no, I'm rooting for Jalen Brunson. If Jalen Brunson leads them to the playoffs, I am gonna be so psyched. Like if they, I, that'll be something sort of a miracle. I would. Well, maybe get the 10 seed. So I, at first, I was so disappointed with how it all shaked out. I was like, I don't care. I'm not rooting for the Knicks. I do not care. I don't want to see them do well. I want to see them go backwards. Um, But now as some time has gone on and some of the things that I had learned, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll root for him. But am I going to root for the Knicks? No. And do I think that – I do kind of want to see them get Donovan Mitchell because I think – Because I'm then gonna, I will root against them. Then I will root against them. Because oh, yeah. I don't think that – I mean, that's a lot of talent, especially if they can keep the players. If they can actually keep the players, part of me – most of me is going to be really pissed off that that's how the market is. But then another part of me is like – and that's kind of what I tweeted about yesterday. It's like, okay, well, if you can just package all your picks, if you still have them, well, then – Go get a player. If that's where the market's at today and you don't need a young player, like a young rising star, then go do something with him. Um, and so it's kind of like a, eh, but the Knicks like still have, honestly, it comes down to Julius Randle. If they still have Julius Randle, no. And it's just not the right system for him. So what is the right system for him? Portland, <laughs> no defense. <laughs> all offense, all talent needed. The Portland Trailblazers. Huh. Bars, well, bars. All right, that works. So I mean, so so was was Brunson mistreated or undervalued by by well, the he organization knew here in Dallas? The writing was on the wall. He knew that as soon as we got a chance to trade him for a Bradley Beal or a Jalen Brown or anybody like that, he'd be gone. Like regardless of how much money he signed for, whatever the commitment said. To me, that's what. He knew he wouldn't get traded by his own family in New York. That's kind of my theory. That's one angle. Are we sure that he won't get traded (laughs) in New York? Maybe not not traded, but at least he gets to be there. I mean, like, that's obviously a factor. He can at least, you know. I look at it this way. Like, Jalen Brunson is essentially playing, like, NBA 2K career. Or we, I mean, he (laughs) he gets to play his own career. And imagine you're playing that and the Dallas Mavericks – offer to sign you to like a max extension 
in your like NBA 2K player, whatever random season, like your GM, like you would go to the Mavericks for whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's like, that's my team. Those are my boys. That's like, I grew up idolizing this team or this franchise. And yeah, I think it's kind of the Jalen story and like the ESPN 30 for 30 about this would be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Because, because Rick Carlisle didn't respect him, didn't treat him right. Donnie Nelson didn't treat him and extend him like he should have. Uh, They didn't do the right thing and make an offer sheet or like, there were a number of things that like on down the line, it was like, you had a chance to, you know, put up and shut up. You had a chance to show me the money and show that you believed in me as a player. And there were just too, I think there were too many missteps and too many opportunities for Rick and his dad and for the Knicks leadership to be like, hey, we can treat you right and, and there won't so, be any doubt. I don't know if you guys seen that like progressive commercial where they're, they're talking about like how you start acting like your parents when you get home insurance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this one guy who's like reading a book about submarines and he's like, who would do that? It's like my dad. <laughs> That's what I think about every time. Like, hey, Jalen, why'd you leave the Mavs and go to the Knicks? My dad. And then, Oh yeah, he he definitely gives me like that, like you know, just coaches son vibes. Like you know, hasn't really like actualized beyond like his own. Like yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, dance for practice. You know, like is it so like, much to say that maybe he has like a good father son relationship? Does he have a good relationship with his? Father? I'm jealous. Of yeah, that. I mean, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. Are, we, are we dogging on him for having I mean, a I mean, good I relationship with his father? <laughs> Oh, now it's a working relationship. I'm hating because he's not That's a Mavericks, bro. Because I didn't have that. <laughs> but yeah. I could just imagine like a dad coach, like, look at my son playing flawless basketball, just like I taught him. You know, I don't, who knows? Maybe that backfires. Whatever. I mean, he's um, a national champion and he's in the NBA. It hasn't backfired yet. So we'll smoke see. him if you got him. Give it, give it time. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, upcoming uh, scandal. Right, yeah. <laughs> You'll hear first year. Speaking of scandals, Lauren, what are you hiding from? Like, like, what are you like? What what's your intel on the on the Brunson <laughs> situation? Like, what have you heard? Or like, I guess maybe do you, can you give us any hints? Uh, I think really mm, mm. is is I guess let me ask this: is is it, is it darker than the fans perceive it? And the fan, you know, like Mavs Twitter, like we're all some haters. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, you know, we're all family, right? And, you know, like, it's dark. is it darker than, than we perceive it? Are about to gossip like family? <laughs> I, I don't know that I would say it's darker, like darker paints kind of a, a pretty bad light. And I, I wouldn't, I don't think that that's accurate. Um, I think maybe more disappointing. Mm. Okay. 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 That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, if she knows about some like blackmail or something, like oh no, god, like, no, none of that. Like dark, nothing like you that. Know, like the code word, right? <laughs> no. Okay, so, um, I will say, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, mm. it made me so before with this new regime, I was like. So far, 
I'm cool with what they've done. Not afraid to make a big move, not afraid to make a clear trade with the the wood trade, the Porzingis trade, signing or bringing in Jaden Hardy. I'm pleased with how it's gone. And then that, what I learned differed my opinion and made cast, me... cast some doubts on the regime yeah. wouldn't this be considered like nico trying to pick up you know what the hot garbage that donnie left over right is this it's a so i i'm glad you said that because i tweeted out um like a while ago something about oh, this is what this new regime has done. These are the positives that they've done that I've been really pleased by. And everyone's like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. And I'm like, mute, 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 mute. <laughs> um, but I'm like, um, no, I, a lot of, I've not all of it, not all of it. And that's why I, there has been some doubt that's been cast. Um, but a lot of it has been the leftovers and things that have still carried over from the previous regime and you can't fix all of it while upgrading at the same time and like that's that's a lot and so and 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 I mean if you've ever been to a new job or you've got a new boss that comes in sometimes change is good sometimes a lot of change too fast it never goes well it never goes well and so I don't want to say oh they're doing a great job fine a plus all around but to say that every single thing that hasn't gone their way has just been a complete disaster on Nico specifically on his part. I don't think that that's entirely fair, but I think that the Jalen Brunson situation, um, I'm going to need to see some more things to kind of make up for that. Mm. That makes sense. Get that ESPN 30 for 30 out. God Lord. For real, for real. Uh, yeah, I think we need to hop off. If you don't mind, we'd like to have you back for like a, a quick uh, in, all around the NBA discussion. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We're going we to cut the commercial. This Cuts podcast commercial. brought to you by uh, Miles Turner's Lego collection. Um, <laughs> you guys are ruthless. Can... You guys are ruthless. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're back. And Lauren, I need to make something completely clear. I'm not dogging on Miles Turner for Legos. <laughs> I myself own Legos. I'm starting okay. to I'm starting Just making to, sure. I'm starting to slip into it is a gateway drug. You buy you buy one and the those Swedes, they have you. They you know, you buy like one little box and it's and it's over. I've heard all they're of, very therapeutic and good for the mind. All good for of the your, soul. All of your all of your savings will be gone within. Can you give? Let me years. record. Uh, so yeah, cool. brought to you by this podcast. Brought to you by Lego. Brought to you by Legos. We need a Mavs fan to build like a Lego double AC. Mm. That would be rad. Yeah, I mean, that there, would get a lot of upvotes and retweets. There <laughs> will be there will Is be there ten thousand comments. Did you make room for the hole in the roof? Yep, yep. Oh my lord. That's it. No, I Lord, I find the hole in the roof jokes completely fair. They you are were, fair. Oh you were an NBA uh, an NBA franchise with so the awkward. best, if one of the best, if not the best player in the league. Like mm. Mark, you gotta Come have some now. shark, you gotta have some shark tank money to put towards a new roof. Come Put on. some flex seal on it. Ugh. 
God, that was terrible. To slap the oh, flex seal. Bad. Flex seal, bro. <laughs> the first time That's I was probably like, what okay. They've been using. But the second time, I was like, oh, this is just bad. The second time was in the playoffs. It was in the Golden State <laughs> Series, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. I forgot that was during the I You know what that... I'm more mad about is the net. Is when the when the, the, the hoop, rim was bent. The, yeah. And the hoop itself broke. That really made me mad because I it just felt like the How? game lasted like How does that 12 happen? hours. That was terrible. Know. It took like an hour for them to replace it, though. I was like, dude, y'all got it. It like, did. I think y'all I need to like start running drills or something, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> start running drills. Every yeah. one of these, every the one of these moments, every one of these moments, Jalen Brunson is thinking, I gotta get out of here. This is not, <laughs> this is not <laughs> like this in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. a garden wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, well, we, we wanted to kind of kind of pick your brain on the NBA stuff now that we're all the way back. Um, so I know that we, um, we originally wanted to talk about like the, a KD trade or a Donovan Mitchell trade, but neither has happened despite the, the big buildup. Like mm-hmm. it, it seemed like it would good to be a for sure thing, either KD to the Celtics or, um, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, but since then nothing. And it's, it's rough out here. So, so, so where are you with those two specifically, um, as far as like maybe forecasting for, for like, if you had an idea, um, with Donovan Mitchell, I would still lean towards the Knicks. I think I would really be floored, even though I think that there are teams that could put a decent package together and that could use that talent. I just think the Knicks, uh, because the Knicks have the young assets and way more picks than anyone else could add they have so much of a better package that I don't even really think other teams are seriously engaging in. I mean, I think that they're on the phones and they're talking about it. You have to, that's your job. But as far as being as aggressive as the Knicks are being, and granted, I don't think they're being fully as aggressive as they could be yet, but I I expect that, that gap in terms of what's being offered to close. Um, and then as as far as KD, with KD, <laughs> I selfishly, I would love to see him go to the Raptors. I think that that would be awesome, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Masai feels good about the group that they have, the versatility that they have, and not wanting to include Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to stick to that because Scotty is a guy that um, – I believe that the age gap right now between KD and Scotty Barnes is 15 years. And that's wow. so, that's so much time. And the fact that he's on his rookie deal and has embraced mm. the Toronto city, the culture, the team, his teammates, as much as he has, and they're already still trying to be com- or are competitive in the East and are a good team. I just don't see Masai saying, okay, yeah, let me go ahead and just make this final deal. I, I think he would love to do it without including Scotty Barnes, but if I'm the Nets, I'm not doing it unless I get Scotty Barnes. And so that shifts it to Boston. And with Toronto, it's like, oh, if you have an opportunity to get Kevin Durant, you like a lot of people are like, do it. It's Kevin freaking Durant. But then a lot of other people are like, hey, that's a 15-year gap with Scotty Barnes for all the reasons that I just said. But with Boston, it to me it's a much different conversation and I tweeted out and it was an unpopular opinion but I don't care um and I said if you've already made peace with trading Jalen Brown 
then do whatever else it takes. And I think at that point, if Brooklyn is like, oh, well, we want Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, I think that that's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. But if you're offering Jalen Brown and Derek White and a couple of picks and they're saying, oh, no, we are not doing it unless we get Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, then do that. To me, that's a no brainer. And to a lot of other people, they're like, no, do you not understand how important Marcus Smart is to the Celtics? And personally, I'm like, I see it, but is that really going to take you to the level that bringing Kevin Durant would, especially when you already brought in Malcolm Brogdon? I just yeah. don't think Brogdon is the insurance. You, yeah, you got Brogdon just, as, as Marcus Smart insurance. Right. And, and, and granted they're much, I mean, the impact it's all different, obviously between Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, but if you have the opportunity and I love Jason Tatum, I love Jalen Brown. I love Ime Udoka. I like what they're putting together there. But the league, like some of these teams are just loading up. The 76ers right now are going to be better than they were last year. Miami's going to be better than they were last year. Milwaukee's going to have a healthy Chris Middleton. I don't think people are necessarily saying, oh, it's guaranteed you're getting back to the finals or even the Eastern Conference finals. Like it's a very, and, and, and granted, if you don't trade for Kevin Durant, then the Nets could still end up being the Nets. I wouldn't be shocked, but- like if they end you, up still to, being the Nets, doesn't that mean they stay a seven seed they stay, uh, and they yes, get bounced in the second round? Yeah, <laughs> fair, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but um, I, I personally do not think if you've already made peace with if if you've already made peace with moving on from Jalen Brown for this, then just do it because Al Horford in that in Boston seems to be working. Grant Williams, inconsistent but solid. You have ways to make up for losing. Marcus Smart or Robert Williams. I think both is just, that's, I don't, I would be shocked if that ever happened. But in my opinion, Boston makes the most sense for both sides. And it's hard for me to not envision that getting done. Whereas before, for a little while, I was like, Toronto, all you got to do is just say yes. And then you can be right back up to the top. But it's really hard for me to get past the 15 year age gap and how much Masai loves the six, seven to six, nine versatile, do everything guys especially when they embrace your city the way he has. If you're yeah, a Mavs fan. Mm-hmm. I'd be if crazy for Mavs, Toronto. Though. It would, no. uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. If you're a Mavs fan, would you want Jalen Brown to go to the, to the, to the Nets? And then maybe like it's a jacked up situation there. And then hopefully we can like swipe him later oh, on ben there. ben <laughs> this is this is unhealthy thinking I, he is <laughs> unhealthy like, thinking he's the perfect number two for luca if we what can is find the a best what somehow... is the best situation to sabotage another player's career to where they slink down to dfw and recuperate <laughs> like that it's not like that we need, we need somebody in shot. our front office that is just pulling the most dastardly stuff you need to, to hire like, Jalen Brown's to, dad to sabotage to, to sabotage uh, other teams and players yeah. careers to get them to come to Dallas we're not tampering enough that's clearly clearly the issue um anyway tamper harder and get more dads yeah. <laughs> get more dads oh my lord <laughs> we have it. all dads assistant coach uh, yeah. mm. um but uh I, I did want to point out there was a tweet you sent out pretty recently mm-hmm. um that I just 
I, I felt like uh, fits where we're at right now. It says, mm-hmm. I need the NBA season to start back already. Yeah. And I, and I think when you look at the timeline, it's a bunch of terrible football uh, updates with the Cowboys being garbage or like baseball <laughs> or. Ugh. How dare you? How dare you? There's baseball <laughs> on, there's WNBA on, there's, there's some fire I don't on. Know. There's some fire on. I'm just not there. It's uh <laughs> It's I tough. get it. Yeah. It's, rough it's not for here. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got I've got a game for us to play to fill the time. This is what I do when we're in the middle of the doldrums of the summer. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I also saw I also saw some stuff on on Mavs Twitter about this. I want to play a little game of sell high, buy low. Mm-hmm. Okay. And by this, what I mean is I am looking at last year's standings and last year's results from, and we're going to focus. We're kind of a Western Conference centric pod in general just because you know the mavericks that is our conference um so i want to hear from each of you guys i'm going to take i'm going to give you the top four four teams in the west from last year suns grizzlies warriors mavericks sell high which one of those teams are you selling your stock in you're getting out of the game you're getting at your jumping ship you do not think the next season is going to go well for them. And then below that line, we already know the Jazz are selling. The Jazz are selling. So we're not going to talk about the Jazz. We're not spending any time on the Jazz. But any the other team jazz. on the West, who are you buying low on? So I'm looking at like Timberwolves, Pelicans, Clippers, Spurs. Oh, not Spurs. I don't know. You guys decide. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, you are our guest. I'll give you first choice. Who are you selling high on? So of those top four teams, Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavericks, who are you selling? And you're saying it's not going to, it's going to be a little underwhelming. Maybe Mm. this doesn't have to mean, this doesn't have Mm -hmm. to mean this team misses the playoffs, right? This doesn't necessarily mean they're in the lottery, right? Maybe it just means they fall well short of expectations well short of expectations i think if you're gonna say well short of expectations it should say i think my answer would be memphis primarily because of the jaron jackson injury but if it's who are you selling high on based on in comparison to last year my answer would be dallas Mm. ben jay ben where are you at yeah Uh, I think the I think it my answer would be the Grizz because I feel like they took a lot of teams by surprise last year and I think a lot of teams got better, uh, so they can't pick on the same amount of teams that they could last year. Um, so I would I would say the Grizzlies. That there were a lot of teams that were hurt and they surprised a lot of people. Exact same thing you could say about the Dallas Mavericks. The exact same logic applies to the Dallas Mavericks. Jay, who who you I'm got? They don't have Luka Doncic, so I'm gonna go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm trying to find if there was a. I'm trying to find a Warriors move that went down. I should have had this prepared already. Didn't they have the ugly Warriors... jerseys now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I felt like I, it's not showing up when I searched the the off the free agency whatever thing. But like, why do I feel like the Warriors lost a bunch of depth? I don't know who they. They I did. Don't know what they did they lose made. a bunch of depth. They did lose a bunch of depth. Auto yeah. Porter, but to, they replaced it. They lost Auto Porter, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Gary Payton the second. Mm. Um. Did they lose any bigs? I can't remember. I don't think they lost. They any paid bigs. Uh, the. They brought in Dante Divincenzo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
who were their other small oh uh james ennis is that who it was from okc yeah and um they got like some draft picks, I think, too, right? I mean, I think I'm, I gotta sell. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sell the Warriors, bro. Just because, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you're losing, you know, out of port, you, you're losing some. That's some a bold choice. Like they, they got their like a little, a little championship high hangover, high a little championship hangover. Yeah, man, and, can, and you know, like, can they recreate the magic again? Continue. They're so up and down too, bro. Like, like they didn't make the, they didn't make the playoff. Like they were they, bad, bad. I mean, they were still. They wrong, were bad but, for like a. A month, you know, and then like, they were like great the, the rest of the season. Yeah, we saw them like take a couple years off before they bounced back into it. So you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to like not take a year <laughs> off, but like you know, <laughs> they didn't take a year off. Kevin Durant left, and Clay Thompson's Achilles burst, or his his ACL burst. <laughs> that's not taking a year off. That's I, I mean, know, dude. But, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like when you have the organism, you have a franchise's brain. You're not like, you know, you know they what I mean? It's not like, like, like stuff happens, bro. But you know, like they, okay. You sound like you're like got a hit out on like Steph's ankle or something. Or... I mean, you stuff know happens. me, bro. You know, you I'm never petty. know. You know, I get petty. Look, all right. Let, let me, let me just get technical with y'all. He's okay. our LeBron fan. So don't be shocked if he doesn't want. The uh, I, that's right. I forgot. I forgot about get, this. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, yeah, <laughs> okay, let, let me just get technical with y'all. Okay. Well, so the Warriors had a, had an unfortunate run. Or they weren't playoff contenders. I think we're liable to see that again, despite the health, despite adding Dante <laughs> DiVincenzo or whatever, despite getting these little, oh, thir- you know, 40th round, you know, 40th, 40th overall picks, whatever, whatever. Like, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going I'm to go with that. And the, the Grizzlies, like, didn't they? The Grizzlies, they added, you know, they, they got a Danny Green. You know, they added, um, you know, they, they, got, you know they got some picks themselves. Oh, okay. So I guess I missed that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. What are we buying or selling now? Buying low. Buying low. Who is a team? I I don't think I'm gonna let y'all take the Nuggets on this one. They have an MB a two-time MVP. You can't buy low on the Nuggets. They're perennial playoff team. I'm not gonna let y'all buy low. Mm -hmm. But anybody seventh seed and below, you got Timberwolves, Pelicans, Clippers, Spurs, Lakers, Kings, Trailblazers, Thunder or rockets who are y'all buying low on and you think, think they're gonna so anybody out of the top four in the west outside of it everyone's seven and below so i give you timberwolves pelicans clippers spurs lakers kings trailblazers thunder rockets give me timberwolves bro just give me timberwolves yeah oh y'all boring okay it ha- per- uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> to me it, it to me it has to be the clippers and if it's not the clippers um I think it's the Pelicans. Ugh. Interesting. Okay. Why do they all have to be in our division? That's my everybody's yeah. getting better when you think about it. Like, yeah, a lot of these guys are beefing yeah. up. If I, on second thought, I would probably pick the, not to take everybody else's answer, but I like the Pelicans also. That's another. The Pelicans are really, really solid. Like their group is actually so solid. I'm worried. Yeah, this, they are pa- fully this healthy. pains me. This pains me to just. They are. This game is not as so fun well. as I thought it would be. The Pelicans are set up as well as Memphis, as well as OKC. They are. So that brings up a point. Problematic. I think if I'm buying low, I want to take the Thunder finishing in like the top ten. I want to buy super low on them and buy stock now. Uh, 
because I think I think they could leapfrog. I mean, do I think maybe make plan? I don't know. I don't know. I want to see. They got a lot of young talent to to wrangle. So I'm wondering if they actually start playing winning basketball now and get out of the habit of like. But it's kind of like one of those things of every night. Everyone was like, oh, I'm not sure about the Grizzlies. And then they leapfrogged into the play in. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, oh, I'm not really sure about the Pelicans. They leapfrog into the play in. Right. Uh, I think you're going to you're you're going to see that from the Thunder, if not this year, next year. Yeah, I think it's one more one more tank. More. Year. <laughs> <laughs> one more. I thought you meant like one more year of like developing the talent, getting wins under the belt. No, nope. one more. Well, tank I year. think that they can do both. <laughs> I think that they can do both because they have enough picks to like if you're 10th, say you're 10th because I just don't I think they're too young. They have a, so much talent. I really like the picks that they've made over the last couple of years. But as far as talent competing with some of these experienced teams that are going to be fighting for playoff position positioning. I struggle to see them getting past that. Um, But I do think that the talent that they do have is the, when that timeline all matches up, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be, it's like an exponential growth curve. You're in finance. You understand it. Yeah. It's (laughs) It's pretty. Where where are we on the curve? Where are we on the curve? It's kind of funny when you think about this young trio of, not that they're similar at all, but this young trio of Giddy, Shea, Holmgren, and how it compares to drafting in short amount of time, Russ, James Harden, Kevin Durant. When When you think about the talent and what each of those guys do from a skill set standpoint, that is going to be such a problem for them. And league. their ability and to do things that nobody else in the NBA potentially can do. Like they're like Chet Holmgren, whether you whether you buy it or not, mm-hmm. is 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 unicorn of the oh, unicorn boy. variety of player. Not to not to use that <laughs> somehow curse, he looks more frail phrase. than the guy that we call unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, his ACL, his, as far as I know, his ACLs are all still intact. So, um, should be great. Yeah. I want, I want to see a full season of him before I co-sign like, yep, he's ready. Like he's, I, I, there's just, anyway. Same. He's never been through, he's never been through this, like this intense lifestyle like when before. Bro. Jokic yeah. and, and Giannis and all these other dudes are, I don't know. It seems like a lot for young. I don't know. To put on some some muscle. We'll see. Right, I'm what's, excited too. No. <laughs> what's next, Andrew? Um, let's see. Uh, we've already talked about KD and Donovan. Um, I, I guess I, I do want to briefly touch on like, I think the first time we had you on is right after the big three in Brooklyn got together, and and I think you and Andrew were just like so done with the super teams mm-hmm. and i think yeah. since then it's just so funny that now it's sort of like imploding. i'll go back and find the receipts. So how are you got how are you i'll go back and find the receipts it's... of when i said they will not win a championship i'll go back <laughs> i'll go back through the podcast archives that's yeah. funny good call <laughs> yeah i the whole super team thing drives me crazy we don't need like i don't need to go on a 10 minute rant about that um but i 
I think it's so fascinating to see in these recent years, I mean, between the Nets, the Lakers, the success of the Bucks, if you want to call, you know, whatever, that's besides the point. But, and even with, with Phoenix and like this DeAndre Ayton situation, like you really, it's becoming so apparent how careful you need to be with your planning in terms of what personalities you're putting together. Because you cannot just take away you cannot just make moves based on a talent some teams are in positions where you kind of have to be desperate and go that route I get that but that's what Washington did and now they are they can't even get in this Donovan Mitchell conversation when they have the assets to do it but because of the protection on the pick from the rush trade they can't even get in that conversation and like where and where does that leave you you know what I mean so you need to be so careful with not just jumping into some situation like signing Yusuf Nurkic for 70 plus million dollars. Like there are so many things that you have to be calculated and careful with. And I feel like some teams that are in desperate situations are not just not doing that. And the teams that are like, Oh, we're just going to go all in at as much talent as possible are now finding themselves like the Brooklyn Nets in a situation where, Oh, not only do we have, no picks but we're having to do essentially a massive fire sale and so uh, I don't know how that's going to shake out for them and obviously they're trying to get a young player to have their their path forward established but if you're so reckless in terms of oh we're just going to trade for that guy who cares the talent is so like I have a chance to pair Russell Westbrook with, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to go down that route, but like what? I have the, like the opera, if you think that, Oh, I can just trade for this big name or somebody that's going to put up big numbers and put all these guys together. How can they possibly lose? You just cannot operate that way. And I feel like there've just been too many times recently that it looks like that's been almost well, in a very simplified way. It looks like that's, or that's how it's come across. Um, but I don't know. They're, it's a problem, but the, the league also needs to do a better job with not allowing players to just ask out and then go where they want to go. That needs to stop because right now where they're at as a league, it's not good for the small markets. And frankly, it's not even good for the big markets. So short and I don't like it. Yeah, it, it's out of control. I think the issue that's kind of parallel to this that I'm like, kind of I've done a little bit of research on I think like eight out of ten rings are Mickey Mouse rings like eight out of ten rings are have asterisks by them uh, you know there's, there's an injury that you know a, a star got injured that like you know drastically changed the the, the trajectory of the whole uh, you know who, who where the championship landed uh, you know like you know, someone's foot being on the line like you know one tiny moment might have impacted the whole thing like I think a lot of a lot of championships are just like based on just little things. So it 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 does kind of end up looking silly. I think when you make these bold moves and try to build these super teams without really considering like you know how 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 the future could could look. You know, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I was curious, uh, Lauren, did you, um, are you going to be covering the games again? Are you going to be going to the games again? And do you have any like specific ones circled on your calendar or the ones that you're like excited to go to or matchups maybe um, mm-hmm. you're excited to see the maps go up against or whatever? 
Yeah, it's funny that you asked that because that's actually been a recent conversation that I've been having. Um, I am no longer writing for Mouse Moneyball. Um, and so that was where my credential was based on last year. Uh, but going into this year, I am in the process of getting that set up under my own name um, based on some of the conversations that I've been having. Let's go, so, let's go. I don't, so I don't know. Free agent. Yeah. So, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but as of right now, those relationships are still intact with the Mavericks and I do plan to be there. Sweet. Sweet. Well, best of luck with that. That's a, Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Keep on, keep on shining. Keep on finding it up. I'm <laughs> trying you. to, uh, I'm trying to go to some kind of game. I don't know. I was looking at how much, um, uh, my courtside tickets are and like that's just out of the picture but, <laughs> yeah it's hard uh, it'd be Very cool difficult. to see us play the warriors we played the warriors really, really good last year you know that'd be one i'd like to go to but yeah that's always a good one y'all got anything else no i think that covers it for around the nba stuff it is it's a struggle in august <laughs> it really is yeah, it's I think one thing that's that's fascinating right now is trying to predict or look at the dominoes that will that could fall post KD post Donovan Mitchell. And I think the biggest one is the Colin Sexton thing. Um, not that, that the Mavs two. won't have any shot at. Right. No. Or there's no way. Right. No. Unfortunately. No. Um, bummer. This this is potentially a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyways. I'm, not, about, I'm not about dumb questions. That's do, you, do you expect the KD domino to fall before the season starts? Oh, that's tough. Um, because hmm. we all expected the James Harden domino to fall last year, right? Preferably before the season started. The Ben Simmons domino. A lot of those dominoes just they stay exactly where they are and they don't get tipped over until or on I think yeah I think the KD one is a little harder to say I'd say as of right now I lean towards um it not being it not falling before the season starts but to me this whole Kyrie mess that I just don't see how they can start the year with him even KD, I just don't see how they can start the year with both of them on the roster. Either of them on the roster. I can't see it. But KD is, because he's locked up and because he's the guy that he is of like, oh, I'm not just going to sit out. That won't surprise me if they don't get the deal that they want. And especially if Toronto is like, oh, I'm not giving up Scotty Barnes. And especially if Boston's like, well, we've already, we've improved, like we've made improvements this off season. So why would we mortgage everything just to get Kevin Durant? We don't need to do that. We just made it to the finals. Whether that's the right logic is neither here nor there, but they, if that's how they feel and they're not offering what New York likes or excuse me, what Brooklyn likes, well then where, where does that leave them? You know, they're not going to take pennies on the dollar or Kevin Durant. So I wouldn't be surprised if that domino doesn't fall before, but Kyrie is the one that I'm like, I don't see how he shows up or well, I don't see him showing up. I think he will either just get moved or not be with the team. That's my opinion. As Can now. you imagine going back 
to February or March back to the trade deadline mm -hmm. and telling somebody back then, hey, Ben Simmons will be on the Nets a year from now. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will not. That's crazy. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I mean, even right now, everyone's including myself is sitting here saying, oh, the Clippers are coming back. They've got a great roster. They're stronger than ever. But when you put all these like not I don't want to say win now pieces but when you pour all this money and you're so far into the luxury tax and you're like going all in if you're not having success pretty quickly and like the expectation is there because of the people that you have that's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of tension that builds very quickly and so the KD Kyrie James Harden all this whole ex failed experiment I think comes down to a lot of the personalities just not working together. And I do think that that's a big difference between Brooklyn and the Clippers, for example. Um, but I do think that you can't just pencil in year after year after year, any quote unquote super team continuing to be together. That's just not where we're at right now. And, and that's just my opinion. I could be, could be wrong, you know, but whatever. That's, that's where I'm at right now. I've just seen too many people be like, oh, well, tried this, failed. Okay, I'll go to Miami. Oh, I'll go to New York. I'll go to the Bay. And it's just, I don't like it, if you can't tell. Yeah, I don't think KD has the balls to Ben Simmons this. I think I think he's going to be a net. <laughs> yeah, I just he's don't see him sitting up. out. I don't see him. I don't see him doing that. But all these reports of, actually, I don't think they're, it was the LeBron one recently on his extension, but any reports of like, oh, there's a meet, there's been a meeting and they're all on the same page ready to start the season or Kyrie's set to come back. He's excited to come back. I don't really, I'm not buying any of that. I just, just I not. feel like the Lakers would need a second and probably a third team involved to get any sort of package together, you know, based off, yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's they would no need way to they do could that. do it straight up. No, they're not. They're not going to be able to do it straight up. Um, and uh, what is it? The the whole jazz, the proposed jazz Knicks Lakers trade um, that gets the Lakers Kyrie. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. But New York needs to. They need to come. They need to raise their price or what they're willing to part with because right now it seems like they're saying, well, we don't have to give up five picks because no one else can, so why would we? But at the same time, we're not giving up our young players because we have the picks. And so it's like, okay, are you including the players or are you including the picks? Pick one and move on. Get, get out and, yeah, and so that's why I expect that gap to be bridged and the deal to get done. Um, but, I mean, if some team, I will say, if some team comes into this Donovan Mitchell thing and just puts in an offer because New York is spending too much time sitting on their hands or not, not, I don't know, whatever, uh, having any sense of urgency. I would, I would love that. I would die. I think it'd be hilarious <laughs> because I, I mean, you know, Denver, Cleveland, even, I don't think Cleveland should or would do that, but um, there are teams out there that have packages that they could put together for Donovan Mitchell. Um, but I just, I don't see right now. I see all eyes on New York all just that being the expectation and so the lakers need to get really crafty with how they're going to somehow get new york to give up even more assets just so they can get Kyrie. because new york is not getting anything from the lakers of substance 
um just i i don't know maybe they'll get Taylor horton tucker or something to try and like <laughs> at that point the mythical Taylor horton tucker you just don't have the assets to really raise and this is where i start to get like okay so how do you well i wouldn't surprise me if a deal gets done because and there have been many deals that have gotten done with like the lakers the knicks team the team and look because what on earth like i'm bored and i'm sit, trying to sit here with this trade machine figure out where colin sexton's gonna end up if it's not cleveland but surprise surprise it's going to probably be cleveland um like i there's just not a whole lot out there and so like yesterday when i tweeted out that list of like oh who could the Mavs possibly like keep their eye on in terms of and every single person on that list with the exception of Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam and OG Anano well no take that scratch that Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet every single person on that list is in there is a an element of instability to their current situation and that's the main reason why I think not Mm -hmm. even just the Mavs anybody could have a shot at those players the Mavs just need Mm -hmm. to so um we might need a know. third team to have a shot at those players but yeah I... <laughs> uh not if this donovan mitchell trade happens and there are primarily just picks that's my oh. opinion but um i think I saw after somewhere, this year mm-hmm. i saw somewhere that after like in next off season we'll have four picks to work with is that true is that... after next year we have um four picks yeah four trade. we'll have four picks mm. Maybe we can send them to Brooklyn so they can rebuild. No, we'll have and five. We'll, take we'll Brown. have five. I think oh, we'll wow. have five. Of, um, of the players on that list that you tweeted out, Lauren, mm-hmm. yeah. who are you, who on that list are you giving like the KP level package? Like who are you willing to leverage like say <laughs> three first rounders for? Or two. Three or maybe, first rounders. Two, two, three That'd first be... rounders. Two any, for, oh, if, two first rounders. <laughs> nearly the whole list <laughs> okay um Let's up three, three first then. rounders three i'd say jalen brown zach levine uh-huh uh-huh those are my two top ones that's it anyone else i'll do two i'll not do three for anyone pascal's the closest but yeah, yeah. i'd say pascal's the i i you can make it i would pascal. love pascal pascal is, i would uh, love pascal he does everything so he actually does everything i would so, love pascal so okay, much I'll, I'll say three for Pascal because the fit would be great and he would be he would be so solid here. Oh yeah. But everyone else on there, their situations are not stable enough to give up three. There's too much. You don't need to do that. The well, other teams do not have enough leverage to be doing that, especially. Well, never mind. <laughs> I think I think we're running out on time, but I want to thank you for coming on to the pod and and keeping us hyped, getting us excited in the super slow season, um, off season, I should say. But yeah, you've been great. Thank you. Thank for, you for, for having us. me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's and been a keep blast. Keep an eye out, Mavs fans, MFFLs. Keep an eye out for Lauren and all of her work. Now, she's free agent. Free agent. Free agent. The, gun, the gunslinger. The gunslinger. That's me. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.